0: Welcome back. Kicking in with the grid. It's Gridiron Uncensored. You got Brendan, Blake, and Trevor. Blake's feeling a little bit better. You know, he was in our last episode. He's still having some coughing spells. So if you, if you don't hear him for a minute, you know, he, he's out uh, coughing along up. But yeah, we're, we're back into it. Obviously, last week was week zero. We had some good games. Uh, we covered those in uh, the last, last episode. But this one, we're getting into the big ones. Week one, we got some really good games coming up. It's going to be exciting weekends and it's starting tomorrow man we got two good uh two good games starting up tomorrow with uh utah and florida and then we've got minnesota nebraska this should be fun to watch uh speaking about utah though some news quickly uh we've got cam rising is not going to play it seems we i think we we're all expecting that over the last week it's kind of the tea leaves have kind of been there you know nobody's saying who's starting quarterback not, they don't want to, you know, mention it any anywhere. So I, it kind of gets everybody feeling, okay, this guy's not going to play. Utah's had to know this. Uh, are they saving him? Most likely, yeah for for Big Twelve or uh, excuse me for Pac twelve play. Um, but it, it, it's a hit for them for sure. They're probably running third string quarterback. I think their second string still injured as well. So that that's a hell that's a hell of a hit for uh, Utah. But we're gonna get into that later. Uh, next one up that that's big news for Iowa. That's a team that's already hurting with suspensions from <laughs> this gambling thing that, that they've been doing. Kate McNamara, he's coming back. It sounds like he's not injured from that, that uh, scrimmage that they had. So that that'll be big for them. And uh, in they're in their battle against Utah state who I was ready to make the gridlock of the week, but we'll get into that later, gentlemen, Let, let's roll in. Uh, we, we got good games coming up. And I think the, one of the biggest names coming up. You know, we got, who knows what they are. We got Colorado and TCU. TCU versus Colorado. It's a 20 and a half point spread in favor of TCU. Everybody's expecting TCU to just blow the brakes off these guys. Because nobody knows what Colorado is. We've got Deion Sanders coming in. New coach. New, I mean, he's bringing the same system from Jackson State. But uh, this this is a whole new team. They lost 86 starters, scholarship players. I think it was in the 70s, maybe uh, 73 scholarship players left and 86 players came in. So they're they're totally new. They had a he came in, Dion and said, I want everybody out of this program. If you're not willing to be here and work for it. And he straight up, they left. So what what are we going to expect from them? Well, we're going to find out. But we do know it's the same same system he's running. He brought in Shadur Sanders, his son, um, and then uh, Travis Hunter, another big-name recruit, number one recruit in the class two years ago, three years ago. Uh, So they've got, obviously, some talent. But are they going to be able to gel on such a short period of time? And how are they going to stack up against a good TCU team? Obviously, we know TCU lost, you know, some big players, you know, uh, they lost their offensive coordinator, but they did bring in Kendall Bryle, right? And then Chandler Morris is their starting quarterback. He was a starter last year, but he got injured. And then Dunn came in and, you know, he tore it up and he, he took him to the playoffs. I think the biggest question, though, is going to be defense uh, for, for TCU and seeing if they can, you know, gel and and get back into it. Uh, it's going to be led by uh, Johnny Hodges. He had 87 tackles last year. Uh, came in from Navy the year before. My man can play. He is a ball hawk. Uh, he's going to get to the ball, and he's going to lead that defense. Uh, so, really, it, it's it's just going to come down to who who in the world is Colorado. I, I think that's the biggest question everybody's got.
1: So, I actually like TCU in this. Um, they've lost Max Duggan, yes, but we got to remember – he only came in for a guy named Chandler Morris, who started the season for TCU last year. Got hurt, I believe, actually in the Colorado game and was out for season with a maybe a knee injury, if I remember right. But, you know, there's there's plenty of upside to TCU's offense. They've got a lot of talent. They did lose a lot of players. But there's speed there. Sonny Docks, he's a good coach. He'll have them ready. There's too many questions for me to go with Colorado. That many transfers, not having a lot of playing time together. I just don't see it meshing well. I mean, not that not that Coach Prime isn't a good coach, but I just don't see it happening this year. But I do think he could take Colorado far. But I've got TCU. Big. Ribbit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am kind
2: of on the opposite side of things. I guess I'll be devil's advocate here is that I like coach prime's offensive schemes. I watched a few videos over the past couple of days, uh, just trying to get a sense of what he does. I like what he does. I like the way he does it. And just looking at the, uh, I know he had 86 new player or basically 86 new players come in. Uh, according to, according to the Buffalo site on two, four, seven sports, officially incoming transfers were 50 was totaling in the 51 and the incoming transfers from other schools. Now I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that it also included with the 86 that included his draft, his recruiting class that he actually pulled and everything like that. But just looking at the list outside of his Jackson state people, which is great. He pulled in a lot of really good talent from division one schools. And we're talking from the Arizona States, the Missouris, the Florida States. Actually, four players that I count on the defensive side of the ball all came from Florida State um, that are looking to make an impact right now. I think that we are going to be a little bit more surprised about Colorado's speed and how well they match up with TCU. That's my personal opinion. I don't think TCU – like. Okay, I know I preached this in the p- previous episode. Is that I don't think TCU belongs where they where they are, and I don't think that they're ready. I, wow. <laughs> Blake's giving me a face. He's Blake, Blake's giving me a face. This is a team I was gonna pit, but I am. I you know what? I'll we'll get into that in a minute. But I like what Prime has brought in. And I'm curious so to see how they show out, be, uh, this weekend. You say people are going to be
1: surprised by the speed that Colorado's brought in. I agree. I think they're going to be surprised at how fast this school goes downhill. I don't see them coming in and beating TCU. It's not going to happen. Yes, they've got a lot of players coming from D1 schools that are expected to make an impact. You know why they're expected to make an impact? Because they're the only players that are there. So, of course, they're expected to make an impact. They didn't start at the teams they're coming from. So, yeah, they're going to come. They're going to be on Coach Prime on prime time, making the news. TCU, big. 21 points.
0: I love it, man. I love it. And, you know, everybody's everybody's just waiting to see what happens. But I I think Blake might be on the right track here. I don't know. But I I do expect Colorado to rework it. They're going to recruit well because of prime. Just not this year. Give them a year or two. Let them them, uh, weed out, you know, who's going to actually play well. And, you know, we'll we'll –
2: Oh, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Hold the phone. I got a rebuttal. I have rebuttal. We're talking – we're talking – look, look. They may have not been starting, but the starting people on the schools that these – we're talking about these people are coming from – These guys are still three and four stars. And just so everyone is aware that Michigan is made up primarily of three and four stars, just so everyone's aware. And the five stars, they don't usually make that big a difference. And they're usually gone a lot sooner than people like, and most of the time in case, in most cases in Alabama, a lot of the four stars usually become five stars once they get to Alabama. For example, so I am not willing to say that the Colorado is going to get beat beat down this weekend at all. They may get beat, but I think they are going to surprise no, all to the country.
1: Home. They may, I, I be do think they've out. got potential to be a good team. I'm just giving you a hard time, but I, I really do see TCU running away with this game. I think they've got more talent there, and I just don't see. All the new faces working together they haven't had a lot of experience meshing with each other I just don't see it
0: and yeah we're, we're gonna find out real quick and like I said the spread is 20 and a half points in favor of TCU uh, at the end of the segment uh, we're, we are gonna we're gonna cover some other games but we're also gonna show our picks we're doing five picks this week uh, last week we did three just because it was kind of a lighter week so five picks uh, we're keeping score. And then we're also doing our gridlock of the week. Uh, and we'll get into that later. Next up, though, on, on the games that, that we're covering, there are, are five picks Penn State versus West Virginia. I'm excited about this one. I don't know. I, I like the, the colors of it all. I, don't know, I think it'll be cool. But it, it's another one that's got a, a 20 and a half spread for Penn State. Last I checked, um, Penn State's the. They're going to come in and they're going to pl- try to just run this football. They've got a top five running back group. Some would say top. I don't think anybody's really you know, arguing they're worse than top five. They've also got a dominant offensive line, probably second, third best in the Big Ten, depending. And when you say second or third best in the Big Ten, you're talking probably top five, top ten nationally. These guys are good. They're going to eat on the ground. And they dominate the series, guys. They're they're forty eight nine and two against West Virginia. I mean, that's <laughs> sorry, West Virginia fans. That's not very good, man. That's that's, bro- that's brutal. It's uh, brutal. But the biggest card though is is uh, Alar, and then James Franklin. Uh, you know, we'll, I bring it up. Blake's mentioned it. Any any fan will tell you that you watch James Franklin play, and our coach, he'll he'll lead a team. And he does pretty fine, but there's certain times in the game that he just makes mistakes that cost the team in big moments. I'm not saying this is a huge game. This in like you know Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, uh, or excuse me, Penn State, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. You know one of those, but it's still it's the week one game one. It's against new team, new personnel. It's a big game, man. I I'm calling it a big game it's going to uh break down on on Alar too and how he can hold up as a young quarterback, you know, starting off. He was a big name recruit. Now West Virginia, they they don't really have the <laughs> the ability to to hang with these guys on paper. Offensive line, defensive line up up in the trenches. I don't think it's going to be a good day for him. Garrett Green should be the starter at quarterback. You know, he's he's new. I just I don't see it happening, boys, but Again, it's week 1, game 1. Anything could happen. They're going up against the best in the Big 10. So, Godspeed West Virginia
1: boys. You and you're correct. You you said you don't see it happening because it's not happening. It's a not game, Beaver Stadium. That secondary of Penn State, they're hungry. They're coming to eat. And I mean, there there's not going to be an offense from West Virginia. They it's going to be a run-heavy game. Penn State's got one of the best run defenses in the nation. And if they force West Virginia to throw the football with a new quarterback, they're not going to be able to do it because they also have one of the best secondaries in the nation, Kalen King. He's a beast. I mean, two, three picks, Penn State by 20.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's really nothing to say about this uh, game other than I hope it's not a double-digit win. I hope it's a game because I'd love to see all these Penn State people get the get something smacked right across their face. But anyway, uh, no, West Virginia don't match up at all on paper. Uh, they're super young, almost across the board. Uh, super inexperienced, and I don't. Beaver Stadium at night, in the, if they do the whiteout, it's a super intimidating place to play. And you, have y- you add that in with young players on top of that that probably have never played in an environment like that. Even though they're in the Big 12 and there is environments that can kind of rival that there's really nothing that can simulate. Yeah. Beaver, so we'll, we'll see, uh,
0: again, that's, it's coming up in our picks. Uh, we're going to run down our picks. Uh, first we got five games and then we're going to reach, you know, five other big games, uh, that are happening, but some are on Thursday. So we're not going to cover them in our picks, uh, kind of like a game day style thing. Uh, next one up though, it's, it's a lower echelon, you know, not long, well, I guess now it's big 12 ACC, you know, uh, but it's still UTSA versus Houston. The spread is only two points for towards Houston, though. I mean, this is going to be a tight game, was what the experts are in Vegas are saying. And I see it. UTSA was Conference USA champions last year. They had an 11-3 season. Wonderful team. Houston had a they had a solid season, but kind of fell apart. The biggest thing for, for UTSA, though, is Frank Harris, man. That quarterback is back. The dude can ball. You know he's throwing like crazy, at a couple thousand yards passing. I mean, this dude's a monster, and uh, they their defense also. hit they had twenty five point nine you know points per game is what they were giving up. Uh, they did lose uh, Zachary Franklin though to transfer. That that's a huge loss for them out wide. But I, I just I, I think this uh, UTSa team has what it takes. They still return a lot of starters from that squad last year. It's their first year in the American, so they got a lot to prove. They they want to beat Tulane for that conference championship. Everybody's picking Tulane as the as the main you know team to do it. Not me, not the rest of the group, the crew. You know, we're we're picking elsewhere, uh, but Tulane Tulane still got it. But UTSA, man, I I feel them. Houston, they've got you know the entire team has kind of been transferred out. It's going to be a tough one. Uh, they did bring in some, some guys from the transfer port too, to help, uh, OU transfer, uh, came in. He's going to be helping on the pass rush. Uh, Uga I think is his name. I don't want to butcher it. I'm trying boys. I'm trying, but, uh, he's from OU. <laughs> he's going to do his thing. He He's just, he's going to pass rush for him. Uh, they got some help in a defensive back. Uh, it's going to be tight. Should be a high scoring game.
1: In my opinion. But uh, we'll see what happens. It's only a two-point spread. Yeah, I, this is a, a game I've struggled going back and forth with. I, there's, It's it's so hard to pick between these two. Uh, UTSA had it one last year, and Houston, they, they copped it out in the fourth quarter. I'll give a slight edge to Houston just being at home, and they did get some help from the transfer portal, like you said. If, if their defense steps up and plays – Halfway decent and they play mistake free on offense. I think they edge out UTSA. So I would if I was picking today, I would pick Houston, but I, I go back and forth with it. It's it's a tough
2: one. Houston is not the Houston that we kind of grew up knowing of. That rocking offense, like you like you alluded to, Brendan, that they had a lot of talent transfer out. Uh and 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 that is there lies my entire prediction honestly uh UTSA is a really solid team no one left as far as i know uh, there is very few transfers that came out of them they they're a super strong team they're not my favorite to win the conference but they are definitely my favorite one of my favorites to i fully expect them to be in the championship game and definitely in the running for it and I think they are going to give Houston all all game all and game long. Houston's
0: problems. got you know they they lost Clayton Tune and uh, Nathaniel Dell last year. That that's most of their project uh, production right there. Uh, Donovan Smith comes in from Texas Tech to to lead the quarterback. It seems I, I believe he was just named not too long ago. Uh, just waiting to see if Dan, Dana Holgorsen can get this team going. And you know all the teams he, he used to have you know back in West Virginia and then. It, just, it really hasn't been hitting with with uh, Houston, but they're in the Big Twelve now, and they're they really got to step it up if they don't want to get left behind. Uh, the Big Twelve's got a a lot of wiggle room right now to, for somebody to step up and be a big dog. Houston's got the recruiting area; they've got the ability to do it, but they've got to show it on the field first. So we'll we'll see here. Uh, next up, though, this this is a game that I think is going to be one of the best of the weekend: uh, UNC versus South Carolina. I'm really excited for this one, man. I—that's <laughs> a neutral site game. North Carolina is a two and a half point favorite, and I, I know, like maybe on paper they—they they got it. They've obviously got Drake May a Heisman hopeful, uh, but they—they've got a new offensive coordinator, so they're going to try and you know lean on the run. That was a big thing that they've mentioned is that they're—they got to get more physical, not just on offense but on defense. Uh, they said need more blitzing because they were—they were atrocious on defense last year. And they, I think they were the worst um, when it came to uh, sacking and pass rush uh, tackles for loss. They're, they're horrible. So they, they've made promises. They, they need to get Drake may help. I think Drake may was a leading rusher last year. <laughs> that's uh, another team uh, that that was like, that I believe was it was either LSU or Florida state. One of them uh, again, quarterback being your leading rusher. That's a problem. Obviously, it's great to have that talent out there. Great to have that ability, but you know, if you start running too much against these these teams, you're you're going to lose a quarterback, and that's going to cost you your season when that's your whole team. Uh, Spencer Rattler on on South Carolina, though he's he had a, a good season last year. He's kind of making a bounce back from his days at Oklahoma. Uh, he's so he's looking to just probably throw it all over UNC. I, and you know, people are expecting UNC to chuck the ball everywhere, but. I don't think they need to. I think they need to try and lean on this ground game. And, and you know, South Carolina's got really good defensive backs. So I, I think UNC needs to be careful here and, and not fall into the trap that they did last year. Biggest question is, you know, can the O-line for, for South Carolina hold up against this this newfound, you know, uh, blitzing packages that's coming from North Carolina? And if that happens, I, I think you could see uh, – a big win for South Carolina, boys.
1: Yeah, I like South Carolina as well. Um, it's going to be a battle between the quarterbacks. I think I just I give the edge on defense to South Carolina. I think they've got better athletes on defense. I think Drake Mays is the better quarterback. I just don't think the offensive line for North Carolina is going to be able to hold up for four quarters. So it'll be a it'll probably be the best game of the weekend, though. I'm looking forward to it.
2: Yeah, I, I'm really excited about this game because I'm really excited to see Drake May get pushed out <laughs> of the Heisman race right from game one. Because if he does, I'm telling you right now, if he does not show out, because he will have to. They don't have a run game. He will have to show out. And if he doesn't, if he even has a mediocre game, people will forget about him quickly. In my opinion, because as of right now, even though I don't think this, I know a lot of people in the media think that South Carolina is middle of the road to bottom tier of the SEC right now. Even though they don't, obviously South Carolina doesn't believe they are. I don't think they are. I think they're probably they're upper up. They're in the upper tier. It's just not with the Alabamas of the world and everything like that. Those guys are elite. I would say. So I think South Carolina is going to give them everything that they could possibly want in game one. Uh, and if they're trying to get a run game going, and if they are unable to actually get a real running game going, I think it's going to be the, – the athletes from South Carolina's front seven is yeah, going to take over. I'm, I'm with you there.
0: Like uh, I think it will be close. I, I do for a while. It's going to be a, a slugfest. But, you know, I, I'm looking at the, the back seven of uh,
1: of South Carolina, and I just – They've got so much talent, man. Blake? Uh, Just one thing to touch on. South Carolina did have 27 turnovers last season. So uh, Spencer Rattler is not always the most consistent quarterback, even going back to Oklahoma. I remember he had a game. He threw like five or six picks in the game and got pulled. So, I mean, you know, he's not the most consistent. He has improved greatly since being at South Carolina it just, uh, what version you get of him on that game, you know, that can make a big impact too. So, I mean, it could still go either way, but I still like South Carolina.
0: Yeah. And remember he got pulled and Caleb Williams came in and that's how Caleb Williams, you know, got a big name at Oklahoma and then transferred with Lincoln Riley. So, uh, thank you, Spencer Radler. Right. You, (laughs) you gave us a a Heisman winner. Um, but yeah, I I agree, Spencer. He's he's gotten better, but we'll we'll see what side comes, what what side shows. Uh, biggest thing I forgot to mention about UNC is Tez Walker, and has another shot at the NCAA. They have not figured this man's transfer waiver out, and we're what two days now from football, three days now from football kicking off. How do you, how are you gonna do this to this man when that's your only job is to deal with? infractions and transfers the the guy he started off he had he transferred twice already uh one was during covid uh so this the season i was ended so he transferred to try and play and now his his family's got issues with with uh i believe his mother's sick or his grandmother's sick and uh you know he wants to be closer his whole family's going to be there for the game they, they've already got tickets you know they're they're hooking them up but Nobody knows if, if their kids gonna play. It's just horrible. So hopefully they they pull their head out of their ass and and figure it out really soon.
2: Yeah, one quick, real quick note about UNC that also gives me pause to say that they that they're gonna be, you know, back to their offensive ways is that they did that May has lost his top receiver in Josh Josh Downs. He's no longer there. And right now, I was reading about it, is that they've kind of revamped the receiving core, so now he's I, I don't anticipate them to be. I'm I will be curious to see how in tune May is with this receiving core and how good the passing game is from game one, because if they can't get that going and they have trouble with the run, uh, it's yeah, time be a will r- tell, and, and obviously it's thing.
0: coming up soon. Yeah, neutral site game, two and a half point uh, favorites for UNC. Uh, but we're, we'll see if that running game takes form. Now, the biggest game of the weekend, it's LSU at Florida State. Guns are flexing. These, these boys are ready, man. They're ready. They've been ready since they played each other last year. This immediately has playoff implications on the table. Could a one loss of either of these teams make it in? Yeah, maybe. But are they going to make it through the rest of their schedules? And that's the, that's the question. Florida State, I think, has the easier side. Uh, they still have to fight Clemson, uh, probably twice. You know, regular season and in the play, in the conference championship. But LSU's got a tough one, man. I think this is this is do or die for LSU right here, and they need to win this game before they get into their conference slate. Uh, but LSU, they come in they're loaded again. They had a hell of a season last year. Won, won the SEC West. He was obviously got. You know, dogged down by, by Georgia in the conference championship, but they still they return a great team. Uh, Jane Daniels is Heisman hopeful, uh, he, but he's going to have to carry this offensive unit. You know, he he was again, I believe, the the leading rusher of the team, and they got the they've got the potential. They've got a new form uh, secondary. This is the biggest problem that I see is trying to trying to stop Jordan Travis on the other side. And uh, Jordan Travis, he's got targets, man. Keon Coleman coming down from Michigan State, he was the best part of the Michigan State offense, and he left. And then, uh, you know, obviously the monster outside, six foot seven wide receiver, you know, just chucked that thing up there. So it's like, you know, what? What are? How is this the secondary for LSU going to hold up? And then also the Mason Smith suspension that that absolutely hurts. Uh, they lost him last year in the game to to injury, and now suspension. So brutal for LSU, but I they've got the talent to to win this game, uh, and even you know by a decent margin. But turnovers last year was you know big, bounces. How's it going to play
1: out? How's it going to go? The more I look into this game, the more confident I'm becoming in my pick. You got Jordan Travis, you got Johnny Wilson, you got Keon Coleman. Jaheim Bell, there's so much weapons on Florida State's offense that I have to go LSU. I sound like Gary Danielson right now. It makes zero sense. But this is a game that LSU, if they want to make it to the playoffs, it is an absolute must win. They have to have this game because they are not going to go undefeated in the SEC. And with this loss – on their resume, with one loss in the SEC, they're not getting in. Even if they win the SEC, I I don't think, well, in that situation, maybe it depends on how the rest of the country is shaped up, but it it, it makes it very difficult. Um, Their secondary, they've got a lot of transfers coming in, expected to make an impact immediately. They've got the Mason Smith suspension. You know, everything points for you to pick Florida State. And it makes the most sense to pick Florida State, but I'm going LSU. I think that they will – I think they know they have to win this game, and I think they'll find a way to do it. You know what? Wow. You're absolutely right.
2: (laughs) We agree. (laughs) Uh, You're absolutely right. I think that everyone – and we do agree, dude. We do agree because – I do not think Florida state's coming into this game the same with the same mentality. Like you said, that LSU is going to be coming in with this mentality because pretty much any sec and big 10 team. know once you start playing these games, every game matters, especially with the schedules that these guys end up having once they get into conference play. So when you have this bigger game, it's, it's, absolutely playoff time this is de- this is essentially a playoff game as far as i'm concerned because if they lose this they're gone they're not even they're not stiff in the playoff because like Blake alluded to they're not going to go undefeated in the sec there is at least one loss looking at this schedule that i see at least maybe two yeah correct yeah blake just th- shot up the two and i completely agree it, there's potentially two but the one thing that I did want to make a mention of is that last year, even though Mason Smith did not play in this game, on average last year the front, the defensive front for LSU averaged for rushing yards allowed, they less than four yards per carry. For, and that is that is very good. And I've been reading a lot about this: is that LSU is not as concerned as the rest of the country about Mason Smith being out because they have so much talent on the on that front seven that they can fill the gap. He is a very good player, but they have they have very good players across that line already that were also standout, standouts last year that Mason Smith's just the best of them. So he gets obviously the most press. Obviously he's also have the most trouble. But what I have on my notes is that LSU has to have a running game to, to really get going. And FSU, if their quarterback play is not elite, they will not even sniff. And you alluded to LSU's quarterback. If he doesn't do what he did last year, doing this running around crap, and basically allowing these other teams to sack him more, I think if he stays in that pocket, LSU will definitely take it to him. But... I just wanted I to touch back real quick.
1: Um, when I was talking earlier, I was just saying what all the media is saying about Florida State, all these weapons that they have and such. I just wanted to clarify that. Uh, obviously, LSU has a chance in this game, but just everything I've been reading, it, they make it sound like LSU's got all these injuries and unknowns, and I, I don't think that's true. Jaden Daniels, he is he's got a lot of experience. And Like you said, he did run around a lot last year. He did get sacked a lot last year. But LSU has a decent offensive line, and they're very deep at running back. And I think Brian Kelly, he's a very consistent coach. And, like, even at Notre Dame, you know, their athletes aren't as – they're good athletes. They get top recruits year in and year out. But it's a different level of athlete at LSU that he's got to work with. So LSU can is more than capable of winning this game. And I, I still think they walk away with it, but I just wanted to clarify that.
0: Yeah, they they absolutely have a chance. They've got talent everywhere. Uh, again, I, I think it just leans on that, that defensive secondary. Obviously, they had the transfers come in, but, you know, are they going to stack up to what they were last year? And Florida State, they do return most of their players from a top 10 offense and a top 25 defense. And they came on strong at the end of the season. We'll see if they can uh, get it rolling again early. Because, again, this is a playoff game. This is a playing game for future, for for the playoffs going ahead. Uh, It's 2.5 point favorite for LSU. So they are favored to win this game. Uh, Number five LSU versus number eight Florida State. Cannot wait to watch this one. Next up, guys, that's our last pick. Uh, We're doing the five picks. We're going to cover that in a minute. But some other games this weekend. We got good ones on Thursday night. Utah versus Florida. Number 14, Utah. Utah is a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. But we know that Cam Rising's out. So I'm sure that that line's probably going to drop a little bit. uh, Closer to probably the two range for Utah, just because they still have home field advantage. And they're looking to avenge the loss from last year, man. I mean, Florida Florida came and they beat them. Uh, Cam Rising had some mistakes uh, late. You know, Utah was driving and and sealed the game. I I think this could be a, a slugfest, man. Two teams trying to – Utah – or Florida's really trying to figure out who they are with Graham Mertz. Are they going to do – are they going to be able to move the ball at all with him because at Wisconsin he – he had some decent games, and then there's a lot where he, I mean, threw picks left and right. So, what, what's Florida going to be able to do with him and uh, this this team? Because Utah's strong; they're they're strong everywhere. Uh, they've got a good offense, good defense. Honestly, this is a game that, that Utah I think just needs to let come to them, let Florida make the mistakes, let let them try to be aggressive, and just sit back and and guide your third string quarterback, and let you know really really try to just pave the way for them, uh, let the running game do their thing, let the defense do their thing. This Florida's coming in, man, they're they're hungry. They want they want to find out who they are, what they can do, but at, going up against this talented Utah team, even without Cam rising, it's going to be a very hard challenge for them.
1: Yeah, I... Uh... With Cam Rising being out, it swayed me a little bit, but I still like Utah. I still think being at home, they're going to have the advantage over Florida. But Florida is bringing in Graham Mertz out of uh, Wisconsin, and he's no Anthony Richardson. But which I went real high on Anthony Richardson, anyways. But uh, I still think Utah's more than capable of shutting down Florida's offense. I don't think Florida's going to have much to go on. I think it's gonna be a run heavy game on both side or both uh teams. But I like Utah just home field advantage and I think their uh their defense that they've got, they've got one of the best linebacking cores in the country. And their front seven is I think they returned most of the starters from last season on their front seven too. So I just I give it to Utah.
2: I mean, there's really not much else to say about this, to be honest with you. I think, I think I like Utah without Cam rising. I don't like Utah. Uh, I actually think that I think Florida with Mertz under center, an experienced quarterback will calm the rest of the team down and let it flow. I know Utah has got a good defense. I really do know. Um, And I know that they have a decent offense, but I do not have the greatest of confidence that the offensive line is going to be able to handle the defense of Florida and the speed of Florida. Because Florida, if nothing else, is known to have speed demons on the defensive side of the ball. They're just known for it. That is that is the way they normally recruit. And I don't know. I think there's going to end up being a repeat. I think the quarterback situation might be a wash, but I think talent level-wise – I think Florida matches up a lot better than people give them credit for. So, I, I in that regard, I think it'll be a close game. But I think with a close game, I'll take the more experienced quarterback, which happens to be on Florida, who can keep his cool throughout the game, as opposed to a third-string
1: quarterback relying on the run game to keep him in it. So that's it's that's what defense, my line
2: of thinking is. The
1: nickname is the Soren Mormon. So give me the Soren Mormon over the Gators any day. When they're at home, I'll take the Soren Mormons. Give me the Soren Mormons. I like the Soren Mormons. Hey, man, and Mormon,
0: I, I hope that sticks, and I, I'm going to have to tweet that out. One more time. One more time, for one the more time nice back. and loud for us, Blake.
1: Give me the Soren Mormons.
0: <laughs> there it is. Yeah, I, we, we might have to hashtag that on, on Twitter, see if we can't get some <laughs> yes. Utah fans uh, following along with it, because I, I dig it. Uh they might not, though. They might not. But yeah, it's it's one that I think you're going to see a lot of uh, scheduled plays, a lot of pre-programmed plays, uh, you know, for Utah short passes, screens, just anything to to try and get this guy going. But at the same time, I feel like Utah's had to know that that Cam's not going to be able to play. So I mean, that whoever third string quarterback is has had to have plenty of reps over the summer. Uh, you know, summer, even a fall ball here. So maybe they've got, I mean, Kyle Whittingham's a good coach. He might have them squared away and ready to go. So that's tomorrow night though. That's going to be a good one uh, against Utah's six and a half point favorite. But uh, just because it's in Salt Lake and that's a, that's a hard spot to play, man. That, that crowd gets, uh, they get amped up man. they get crazy. Uh, The Soren Mormons. We'll see what happens. Uh, Just, (laughs) Uh, next up though another another game that earlier than saturday we got nebraska at minnesota uh minnesota's seven point favorites guys but i'm telling you i don't see it man i do not see it they they got to replace the dude that's been there for 15 years tanner morgan i mean that he's been there forever he's he's balding i mean he's already bald you know he's he lost his hair when he first recruited there uh they also lost muhammad uh, ibrahim as a running back that man was a ball, like a hoss, man. Hey, this dude, you just plow people over. Uh, so how, how do you replace him and, uh, and the running back? That's not easy to do. And then you got Matt Rule coming in. He's got Nebraska hungry. Nebraska fans are craving some sort of wins after the the horrible Scott Frost tenure there. Hey, at least Scott Frost teams out hit people is, is what he says. But they're still taking L's to this day. Uh, I just... They got Jeff Sims coming up, uh, Nebraska does from from Georgia Tech, so I think that's a, that's good for them. Obviously, he wasn't the greatest quarterback, but he's mobile. He's uh, he's strong, so I, I think he'll be do, he'll be fine for Nebraska in a new system because Georgia Tech in general just isn't isn't good. So he'll at least have better athletes around him here at Nebraska. Uh, but man, that Anthony Grant, he's gonna they're gonna lean on him at running back at, for Nebraska. He's gonna run the rock he's gonna he's gonna do his thing. I don't see any way that Minnesota's winning this game personally uh, i I worry for him and in the the fighting golden gophers man
1: I agree i uh I think Matt rule is gonna change the culture at Nebraska. Um, he's done it multiple times throughout his career. I think Nebraska's gonna have a solid offense but it's the defense that I worry about with Nebraska and it being at Minnesota. I give the edge to Minnesota just being at home. And I feel like they've got more experience uh, collectively throughout all their team, but I'm going to take Nebraska in an, in an upset. I'm kind of with y'all on this
2: one. Uh, I like Nebraska. I like the hire for Matt rule to come in. I like that hire for them. I think it'll get everybody excited. It has, not it will, but it has gotten everybody excited about Nebraska football again, including him It, it translating into getting some pretty decent recruits uh, pulled in from a, um, an abbreviated recruiting class uh, when he came in because he didn't get the full recruiting cycle to get recruits that he more or less would want. So I'm curious to see what he would do. After the season, in a full recruiting cycle, and see how he does. But I truly think that Nebraska is going to surprise a lot of people. I think they're about they're probably about a seven win team if I if I was to if I was to put a, put a number on it. And I I just like I like like Blake said I really do have a question about their defense. Their defense has been not very good for a few years now. Uh, I'm curious to see how that changed, if it ha- if it even has changed. But I think I, I think they're going to get a big road win in, in Minnesota to start out their Big Ten, uh, and see what, and hopefully that'll propel them, uh, and see where we go from there.
0: Uh, OSU Indiana next up. Obviously, it's not you know a close game when it comes to spread or talent anything. But Indiana is a danger team always. Right now, the spread's almost thirty points for OSU. Yeah, that's reasonable. I mean, yeah, they could win by forty. Who knows? But they each each team has new quarterbacks. Man, each team has new quarterbacks. Kyle McCord obviously has been named the starting quarterback of Ohio. Good for them. It took them took them all spring to to figure it out. Took them all you know summer to figure it out. Took them all fall to figure it out. But they finally did it. So good, good for you, Ryan Day. Uh, but again, new quarterback, new team, week one against another team that's got a new quarterback. But it's Indiana. They always find a way to push a team and frustrate a team and just piss people off. I don't know what it is about Indiana, but they have that ability to just make you wonder, like, what is, what, how, is how is this team doing this? It happens every year. So we're going to see, but we, we know that Ohio State's got elite talent everywhere across the board. Uh, they've got a new O-line coach at Indiana. He's going to try and revamp that run game that they had a couple years ago. Uh, 20, remember, Indiana had that that bowl streak two, two years, you know, but they they got in there. They were finally getting there, and then it's like they regressed. Like what what happened to them? They're still a danger team, but they had a point where they were they were getting good. And then it just fell apart. So they're going to try to revamp the the run game, uh, revamp that offense, new quarterback coming in. uh, Ohio State's probably going to win this one by a lot. But there's potential here for Indiana to maybe shake it up early and and really frustrate a a new
1: quarterback in Kyle McCord. We all love to hate Ohio State. I hate them. I hate them with a passion. Nobody likes them. The only people that like Ohio State are some of the Ohio State people. A lot of them hate themselves, even. But they've got too much weapons. Uh, there's not a chance for Indiana to win this game. So that's all that really needs to be said about it, I think.
2: they Indiana can just stay on the bus. Forfeit. Just save yourself the embarrassment. Just forfeit. But... As much as it hates me, to, I, it pains me to my soul to say this, but Ohio State is way too talented. And while I think the Big Ten overall is super tough to play in, there is a big, big gap between the top three and the rest. That There's just a huge gap as far as everything. It, it's almost the... In some regards, it's almost identical to the SEC, where all there are a lot of teams that are really good teams. <laughs> yeah, I just triggered somebody here. But <clears throat> there are a lot of good teams. There are a lot of good teams. But really, we're only talking about Alabama, Georgia, and probably LSU in my mind. Those are the three that come to my mind when I think about the SEC. Same for Big Ten. I would say majority of the country only thinks about three teams in the Big Ten, and that's Ohio State, that's Michigan, and that's maybe Penn State or some years maybe Wisconsin instead of Penn State. But that's about it. I mean, honestly, most most people only recognize those few schools out of those conferences, and then it's everybody else as far as – it goes from elite to very good teams, and that's all. That's the way I look at it. But India is way outmatched here. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> you know, I was trying to be respectful and nice to Indiana. They are a danger team, all right?
0: But, yeah, they're RIP, boys. It, it ain't going to happen.
2: No. <laughs> Not this week. Not this week. They ain't Ooh. dangerous this week. They're about as dangerous as a kitten. Me ouch. <laughs>
0: Great input from Blake there. I love I love what he brings to the table on these because this is what this is why we do it. We love Blake. He's a funny guy. You never know what he's gonna say or do. We love him. We love. Him. Oh look at that face. He's now he's angry. Now he's angry. What's gonna happen? I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. Blake, you got anything else on Indiana? You're gonna change your mind? Thank yeah, you Blake. Do you have anything Bears. else on
2: Indiana? There Please it is.
0: Us. See, Thank I, I
2: didn't even know
1: they had a state fair in Indiana. Well, I mean, there again, it's like, what, can I beat Ohio State? Like, no, but does Ohio have the eighth best presidential candidate?
0: Get out of here. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. All right, we're, we're going to move on. Uh, <laughs> Georgia Tech and Louisville. I think this game is not even going to be close. I, I'm I'm saying it's not even going to be close. Louisville is a seven and a half point favorite. They got the prodigal son return in Jeff Brom. Jeff Brom's got a former Purdue quarterback turned Cal quarterback. Now he's back. Now he's at Louisville in uh, Jack Plummer. Obviously, they know each other. I mean, he was there. At, he was at Purdue for four years before he transferred. Uh, they got. They to have a solid running game. I just, I don't. I don't see Georgia Tech having a chance. Yeah, Haynes King transferred in. Uh, they got Pyre in there, too, at quarterback. I, I think they're still battling it out. They're going to try to lean on some help from the portal to, to support these guys. But, man, Georgia Tech, they're trying to figure out this new identity of not being the triple option. Still working that. They did Again, they lost their quarterback to Nebraska, so they had to bring in some help. But J- Jeff Brown's a damn good coach. He's got great offenses. I, I just think i think Louisville's going to roll here, boys.
1: Yeah, I like Louisville big. Georgia Tech, they just their program needs a complete rework, and they're trying to do it, but they just don't. It's not this year. Louisville's, I think Louisville wipes the floor with Georgia Tech. I'll tell you what, Georgia Tech needs a prime. They need
2: another Deion Sanders to roll up into Georgia Tech. Like seriously, they need that to ha- that kind of that kind of just wave of emotion to come through. Blake, you're killing me, man. (laughs) I'm about to turn off your video, bro. Anyway. uh, Yeah, that's what they need, but you're right. Louisville is going to roll. They are my dark horse to win the ACC. That is my pick. Louisville was my pick. I'm going to stick with them because I really like what they're doing there. I, I think you're right
0: with the schedule set up that they can make a run in the ACC and really... You know, maybe mess around with some teams, too. Uh,
1: no, I agree. Uh, I thought the same thing. If I had to pick a dark horse for the ACC, it would be them.
0: Nice, nice. You know, I I had UNC – I had, excuse me, I had NC State as a dark horse just because I like their uniforms. I'm going to officially change my projection. I think I'm going to go with Louisville on, on the dark horse for these guys. If you're not looking good while you're playing, you're wrong, you know.
1: <laughs> I was going to um, say, that's an interesting take. Almost a Gary Danielson-like take. You know, sit there and break down. I'm just trying to live up to the, the hero because of their jersey.
0: Hey, man. He's one of the best in the game. All right, I want to be like him. <laughs> he looks like Daniel
1: Radcliffe. <laughs> that,
2: that's literally like saying, like, yeah, I want to be like Paul Radio on
1: the side of his skull. Them ears are the largest <laughs> things I've ever seen in my life. They're oh, monstrous, monster. boys.
0: They're monstrous. Yeah. Like oh dumb. shoot. So we're gonna we got one yes. more game that we're gonna talk Love about, it. and that's Washington versus Boise State. Washington's fourteen and a half point favorites. I think this could be a really good one, and maybe a scary one for for uh, Washington here. Washington's obviously good. They've got a lot of talent. Michael Penix is back. He's got you know aspirations to win the Heisman and lead this team to the playoff. And they should be able to do it. But Boise State, man, they return a lot on offense. Two thousand five hundred sixty-six yards of offense that they accumulated last year came from the quarterback and two running backs, and they all return. I mean, that's a lot of production, man. And and if they're doing that, you know, maybe we'll see what they do against a Washington team that has a couple new pieces on defense. They're they're still going to be strong. They've got good edge rushers. But, man, I I think this one could could go uh, and be real tight. I still got Washington winning here. But I, I think Boise might give them a game. They had a seventh-ranked defense last year uh, from what I, I looked up. And I think it's just going to be which quarterback can uh, can be stopped by the defense. Uh, I think that's what it's going to boil down to, quarterback play and, and how the defenses stack up.
1: Yeah, you know, when I started uh, taking notes for this game, Uh, I was like, I didn't realize how good Boise State was last season. Coming in with ten, I didn't, I didn't even realize that. And uh, I seen the same stat you just mentioned a minute ago about uh, all the production they returned on offense. I still don't think it's enough. Uh, Washington, they are just, they're loaded on offense, and I don't see Boise State being able to keep up with them. It could be a high scoring game, but I still got Washington winning. I still got Washington winning the Pac-12, and Michael Penix winning the Heisman.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much yes. Yes to all of what y'all said. Washington's going to roll. I like Boise State. I think they might give them a half worth of game. But I think Washington will end up pulling away because of the depth at pretty much every position that they have at this point. Yeah, they, they've they got the players across
0: the board to to run away with this, even early, but – I don't know. I've got a feeling that Boise might might do a little something special, just not special enough.
1: No, you pretty much touched on it. Uh, I agree with you. They uh, Boise is always one of those teams that they can keep a game close, even when and they're having a down year. But there's not many seasons that Boise State has where they're just atrocious. You know, they all every season they they've always got the possibility of putting down a big name team. They They play teams Mm -hmm. to the wire very consistently. And, I mean, going back to 2007, taking down Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl, it seems like every season after that they either have one signature win a season over some big team like that. Uh, I think they took Oregon out a few years ago. Um, I mean, so they, they do it. I just don't think this is the game that it happens this season for them. Yeah,
0: I'm with you, boys, and like I said, that's why we play the games, man. On paper, everybody looks you know, like they could do it. All these ranked teams look like they can beat up on the lower echelon teams, but that's why we play the games. Every week matters. Every game matters. <clears throat> these were the top ten games, I, I think, is what we picked out from what we saw over the week. There's definitely other games out there worth watching. Uh, I'm just excited that football's back. I'm going to be watching all day long you're not getting me off the couch unless I'm checking the smoker to get my stuff out of there or cracking a, a cold one, you know, but uh it's going to be fun, man. And let, let's let bring it back just so everybody can, can hear our picks. We're, we're going to break it down for the, the five, the first five games we talked about. We're going down the line. First up TCU versus Colorado, Blake, who do you
1: have? I got the purple frogs. Trevor. <laughs> um I got Colorado.
0: Hey, he he picked Hawaii to beat Vandy. Yeah, that's that's a bold pick. He's going with an I think this is even more bold taking uh who knows who the hell Colorado is. Hey, we trust me. We I got, the, you, balls. Man, we, I we got the balls. I got
2: the balls.
0: <laughs> Boy. You, you're, you're about to take an L, though. I'll tell you that on that one. Uh, yeah, I, I got TCU, too. No way Colorado does it. There's no way. I don't care. Uh, it, it's not happening. Nope. Keep hating. Keep hating. It's going to happen. You know, I might be wrong. Sounds about right. That's from Mike and the Moon the Pies. Moon. If you don't know him, check him out.
1: At the end of the day, <laughs> it's week one. Nobody knows anything about any of these teams. This is just our best educated guest. In like three weeks, we'll be able to look at, you know, how teams are playing, how they're driving, and it'll be a lot easier to make picks. This is the hardest
0: week. Next up on the picks, uh, we got Penn State, West Virginia. Just go down the line, guys, and then I'll come in last with mine.
1: I've got Penn State taking it to West Virginia, hard and deep.
0: Yeah, um, Penn State yeah, for Penn me State as well. I, I don't think West Virginia has it on either side of the, the line, the offense or defensive line, to keep it even close. Uh, next up, though, UTSA-Houston.
1: That's a tight one. It's a tough one, but I'm going to stick with my gut, and I'm going with the Houston Cougs. That's a good pick. Like Honestly, I don't. I, for this particular game,
2: I don't think you could go wrong. I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to go right down the wire. But – because I have them in the championship game, I just think that UTSA might just be able to edge them out. Yeah, I got UTSA too, probably in vain here, but I, I think they're going to
0: pull it out. It's going to be very close. So uh, next one up, this this is, I think, one of my favorite games of the weekend still. I know I said that is UNC versus uh, South Carolina. It, oh, man, it's going to be a fun one, boys. Who you got?
1: It's a tough pick. It's a tough pick. It's, it's quarterback play. It's gonna come down to who makes the fewest mistakes. If North Carolina can protect Drake May long enough for them for him to make plays, if Spencer Rattler can control the ball, not throw interceptions. I just I've gotta go South Carolina. It's a good pick.
2: That's a good pick. And I agree with you. I think South Carolina's gonna do it. I don't like North Carolina at all. Like I do not have any faith in that team to do what people say that they're gonna be able to do this year. I don't see them getting through North uh Clemson or Florida State at all ever and South Carolina is the same deal. I think that South Carolina Yeah, is we're roll we're them. all the
0: same on this one. I, I got South Carolina. That that defensive backfield, UNC trying to get the, this new offense coming in, more aggression uh up front blocking in in a run game to support Drake May. Also this whole Tez, you know, Walker thing not not being settled. That's got to be eating at them too. So yeah, South Carolina, final one, biggest game of the weekend, top ten matchup, Florida
1: State, LSU. Blake, it, it's the Tigers. It's the Tigers all day. You know, Brian Kelly, he he has no emotion. He he looks like a man that would order warm milk from McDonald's drive-through, but they know they need this win. And I think he's going to find a way to get it. LSU is loaded with talent. Florida State's loaded with talent. It's going to be a back and forth game, but LSU is going to edge it out.
2: Yeah, it's not It's not even the contest for me. It's LSU all day long. All day long. I, I really have no – I haven't had confidence in Florida State since way back to Bowden days. Like I haven't had confidence in Florida State to do, put together a complete season. Ever since then uh, In my personal opinion So I'm going to stick with that And I think LSU is My dark Well, Like I said when I picked my dark horse for the SEC I picked LSU And I still think that they are But it's just weird to call LSU a dark horse But with everything that's gone on with the SEC I Boys think I'm going to have to so. tell you are wrong
0: You guys are wrong Florida State is going to do it Again I don't know I've got a feeling about them Jordan, Jordan Travis is going to do his thing. He's got the beast outside. He's he's out wide. I know what, what the, the pundits have all said. Blake even mentioned it. I don't know, man. I just got a feeling that Florida State is going to find a way to scrap this one out. And it's going to be tight. It's going to be close. Uh, bounce either way. Probably win by a field goal. But I, I got Florida State in this one.
1: I mean, I it know. is one of those games. It's like... It literally, if there was a definition of going either way, this is probably the most evenly matched on paper game of the weekend. And there's so much talent on that Florida state roster. It's it's so hard to pick against it, but I feel like LSU's talents being a little overshadowed just because of yeah. the Florida state news. So I still like LSU, but it's one of those ones. It's no shock to me. If I wake up Monday morning and Florida state won the game. So. I, it is, it's
0: the season. I feel is on the line for LSU and that makes me want to pick them, but I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so anyway, I'm sticking to it. And boys are the last segment of the, of the night is our new gridlock. All right. that That's what we're calling it. It's our lock of the week. We're calling it gridlock of the week, baby. And this is where we pick a close game and spread or, uh, an upset, uh any game. It doesn't have to be one we talked about, but it could be. So any game from this weekend slate or you know moving forward, who we think is a lock to win, no matter what. And uh, I figure I'll start it off. My lock, my gridlock of the week. Hashtag it is Hawaii beating Stanford. That's that's my that is my gridlock of the week. They are three and a half point dogs at Stanford. They just came in. They had a hell of a game against against uh, Vandy. I know it's Vanderbilt, but Stanford's in that same realm right now. And uh, I don't know. I got Hawaii making getting the dub there. Don't let me down, Rainbow Warriors.
1: <laughs> I went back a couple of games, um, but after the conversation I had earlier with Trevor here, my lock of the week this week is now TCU- over Colorado. Uh, much like the noise that the horned Frogs make, the croaking sound, that is what you will hear coming from Croach Prime and his locker room as they croak as TCU runs away with this game big. Well, that's not a shocker, everybody. Just so everyone knows, this
2: is what we do. We We like to trigger each other. It's fantastic. It's fun times. Uh, my lock of the week. I'm probably gonna pay for it to be honest with you. Um, but I'm gonna do South Carolina, lock lock it in South Carolina, uh, for the win uh, against UNC. I,
0: I think that's a good one. I I feel like you know after our conversations today again, it just that one feels like it's it's just prime for South Carolina to do it. And uh, TCU, obviously, I I know we feel like that's that's gonna happen. Trevor though, he's he's got Colorado getting that
1: dub. And, boys, I'm sticking with
2: it. It's already on
1: paper. It's it's not just Trevor. A lot of people are are picking Colorado to pull the upset just because the spread is so big in TCU's favor. And, uh, you know, you don't know what you're going to get with Colorado. There's so much up in the air with them. But TCU, people are forgetting that they are still a good football team. They still have a good coaching staff. They still have a lot of good players. They got a lot of transfers. You know, if you want to use the argument about D1 players transferring to Colorado, I mean, TCU picked up several Division I players. They got three from Alabama that were very productive at Alabama. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of talent on TCU's team, too. And it'll show as they are slowly pulling the foot off the throat of the dying buffalo as the purple waters flow through the river of victory.
0: I love Blake's way of words, man. He's just – he's a poet. It's beautiful. And, uh, guys, that, that's it. That's thats all I got. Any any final thoughts on this weekend? I'm just ready for it to be here. Uh, I know, like you said, appetizer last week, but this is it, man. It, this is game time. I'm ready. Yes, I'm,
1: I've been looking forward to this day for a year. Man, I'll tell you
2: what, it is super exciting. I'm ready for it to happen. I'm super excited. I'm s I am can not even find my words right now. I'm so excited. It is a it is an amazing time. Like yeah, I'm ready for it. I'm ready to see Colorado beat TCU and let make hey, make y'all leave. remember all's words. I'm ready for it. Here we go. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but no for <laughs> but no for serious everybody. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. Uh and just wanna remind y'all we do put up polls on our Spotify, when we post on Spotify, uh, our podcast. So please feel free to reach out. Reach out to us on other polls you want us to do. We can put those up as we post and everything like that. And just as a reminder to everyone that listens, enjoy this year because this is the last year we have a true five conferences that are a true five conferences. So just enjoy it because the college college football landscape will be forever changing yep. in 2020. Yeah, enjoy
0: it. Uh, and like I said, this is it. We're kicking off uh, tomorrow night. Going to have some great games. Uh, turn it on as soon as I get back from uh, my kids' football practice. Can't wait to watch. And uh, get your stuff ready. Get, go get your groceries, guys. Get them early. It's football season. Time to get, crank up that smoker in the grill, and it's time, boys and girls. But uh, again, thank you for watching or listening, and... Hit us up on Twitter again, Kicking It With The Grid, The Grid Iron Uncensored, and uh, thanks for joining us. Take care.